0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network. <laughs>
1: It's time for the ODU Wrestling Monarch MatCast,
0: a show dedicated to all things related to the Old Dominion Wrestling Program. On the web at monarchmatcast.com. Now, here's your host, three-time National Wrestling Writer and Broadcaster of the Year, and 2004 ODU alumnus, Jason Bryant. Welcome back, Monarch fans. It's another episode of the ODU Wrestling Monarch Madcast. My name is Jason Bryant Proud, ODU alum 2004. And in case you've been pilfering through the Alumni Magazine, yes, Monarch Magazine, yep, 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 that would be me. Anyway, uh, shameless self-promotion over and done with. Uh, I had a chance to come back out for the ODU alumni match. Things didn't go the Monarchs' way as uh, number 5 Missouri kind of laid the wood to us a little bit, 36-3, to three, the one win coming by Jack Deco at 184 pounds over returning All-American Willie Miklas. But it was great to get back home and see some of you folks out there, obviously Charlie Church, Bill Calley, who have been uh, you know good friends over the years, of course the church man with Getham, right across the street from where I used to live at 4200 Bowden's Ferry right there on the corner, right on the 40 deuce. Uh, across from now, the teletetnet building, which actually was, they were building it when I was a student there. And then, uh, as I drive through, and my wife drops me off at the uh, the tailgate outside the Edge, and I got a, a brief moment to basically have a natty light with with Ryan Williams, Nathan Coburn, uh, Nick Polano, uh, and tell a few stories about Polano at Crazy Charlie's or at the Edge. But we'll 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 I digress. Uh, I had a chance to check out the Southern Miss football. It was great. Great to to basically be there. For the football tailgate, I got there a little late because you know when you're bringing two kids out out east on a plane. My four year old was fine. The four month old now she's five months old. Just a, a little difficult to travel with, but uh, hey, I got a chance to check out the game. Oh, it was up in the box. Coach Martin, Coach Dixon, uh, did, did you know hooked it up? Got a chance to see uh, some 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 parents of uh, them OD wrestlers, and you know again, uh, the Missouri bout didn't go the way of the Monarchs, but we're talking about uh, the number five ranked team in the country. And, uh, there, there's a reason they're that good, but, uh, you know, great opportunity to get back. It's probably my, well, I get about one time a year I get to announce at the Ted. It, I didn't, didn't get to do it last year, but, uh, this year, you know, great to be back. And then the bill, yes, you know what I'm going this is about me right now. Okay, folks. No, I'm just kidding. The, uh, the name of Ted, you know, I trotted it out in the Mason crown back in, uh, when they put the first shovel in the ground to build that thing, I says, this thing needs a nickname and I'm calling it the Ted wrote it in the Mason crown documented it. The Virginian pilot even credited it with uh so and so. But anyway, I'm I'm driving down Hampton Boulevard and I look and there's this giant like, what is this giant building? What did they do to BAL? No, they put a giant building in front of BAL across from the Ted. Oh my goodness. Those of you who listen to this to keep an update on on what's going on in Norfolk, things are changing down there, man. I mean, I, I do long for the days of, of Mr. T's tacos or Speedies as you call it and, you know, and college night at 44 which apparently the 4,400 club has been re, has been uh, resurrected, but only in name only. It's like the big blue room at the TED is now like the 4,400 club or something. So anyway, talking wrestling here on the show, Monarchs currently 1-3 and three on the year in dual meet competition. Again, as we said, lost the opener to Missouri, 36-3, to three, the one win coming by Jack Deco. Then uh, two more ranked teams were on the agenda heading down to Chapel Hill. Monarchs drop a 28-12 Outcome to number 25 North Carolina wins there by Alex Madrigal, Seldon Wright, Jack Deco, and Kevin Beasley, who will again be our guest. Then heading out to West Gym in Iowa, this is where conference realignment has made things difficult. Um, a good friend of mine, Kyle Klingman, who works for the National Wrestling Hall of Fame's Dan Gable Museum, is a Northern Iowa grad. I, of course, is an Old Dominion grad. Well... When we we used to talk when we were working wrestling for one, it was just strange because ODU would never wrestle northern Iowa. I mean, we'd see each other at like the Midlands or something, but that's never. thing. Now they're in the same freaking conference. Are you telling me that Cedar Falls, Iowa and Norfolk, Virginia should be in the same conference? It's just it's wild. But uh, it's added another dynamic to our uh, wrestling rivalry is he likes to taunt me a little bit and said, hey, do you," you know, I couldn't make it because I was actually in New York at uh, the Grapple, of the Garden, announcing there. So I was, I was kind of bummed that I couldn't make it down. The closest time I'll see, I would have had a chance to see the Monarchs this year. Uh, about three hours down in Cedar Falls. But uh, uh, the Panthers of you and I putting a twenty-nine to nine win over the Monarchs there. Kevin Beasley with a win and Will Hilliard picking up the forfeit at heavyweight. And then things get back to the winning ways. One and three on the year, a twenty-two to nine victory over Northern Illinois, the first Mac win of the season. Uh, 1-7 out of 10, wins by Alex Madrigal, Emilio Saavedra, Selden Wright, Antonio Agee picking up a huge win over, uh, you know, McMurdy from from NIU has been around a long time. This guy's got some good wins. So that's that's a breakthrough win for Antonio Agee, just a true freshman from up there in Hayfield. Got to like that. That's, that's good movement. You don't know how good that win is. That's a confidence-building win right there. Uh, Jack Deco, Beasley, and Hillard with the win. Next Monarch home match coming up on December 20th is another ranked team. This is, this is why it's going to be a little bit rough to see. The records are going to be a little, little deceiving because four of the first five matches this year are going to get, be against ranked teams, two of which in the top 10. NC State will come in to the TED December 20th, ranked ninth in the nation. That could change as they've got a duel with Nebraska coming up. They could move up. Also, programming note. Uh, yeah, I was wrong about the Midlands, folks, uh, because Matt Storniolo, didn't fill me in properly. I'm going to pass the buck completely to former Old Dominion assistant and current Northwestern head coach Matt Storniola. He told me that the Midlands were going to be at the Sears Center and Hoffman Estates this year. That's next year, folks. So, hopefully, if you've, well, one, if you've booked anything based on my recommendation on scheduling for this show, I suggest you find a new travel agent. Two, it will be at Wells Ryan Arena this year. So if you're staying near the barber shop in Skokie, Illinois, you're good to go. If you're staying at the Doubletree in Skokie, Illinois, you're good to go. If you're staying at the Wellington, um, you know, Orrington, that's what it is. I'm thinking Beef Wellington for some reason. At the Orrington and various places in downtown Evanston. You know, the Buffalo Wild Wings has gone there, by the way. But uh, you should be good for previous engagements in places you stayed. So don't make your, your hotel arrangements for Hoffa Estates this year yet. So programming update. Monarchs at the Midlands, December 29th and 30th. Those of you Monarch faithful who will be in Evanston, hit me up. I'll be there announcing for, I believe, the fifth, I can't remember how many years. This will be my sixth, fifth or sixth year announcing the Midlands. It's it's one of the greatest greatest wrestling tournaments, great, great history, over 50 years. I suggest if uh, you can deal with the cold weather because it's it's like 10 degrees right here in Minnesota as, as we record this on December 9th. It's cold. And it's going to be cold in Chicago, Polar Vortex, siber What are they calling it? The Siberia. I'm not a weatherman. I didn't go to Old Dominion for meteorology. If I wanted to do that, I'd have gone like Georgia Tech or something. I don't know. I, I you know, wanted to be on a weather channel as a kid. I always thought Georgia Tech would be logical because the weather channel was in Atlanta. But uh, guess what? Anywhere but Georgia State, right? Oh, in other news, they lost again. But we're not talking football here. Speaking of football, actually, I am going to talk football just for a minute. Scheduling. I was all set. I had the wife convinced. I had the wife convinced that if it, if we if the Monarchs football program got to a bowl game and it was in in a situation where I could go, okay, Hawaii was out on Christmas Eve. That just wasn't going to happen. The Bahamas would have been out two days before Christmas. Now New Orleans and New Mexico and as engaging as Albuquerque, I'm kidding, Albuquerque or where last Cru- wherever the heck the New Mexico Bowl is, Santa Fe, it's it's somewhere. I did not want my first Old Dominion football bowl game experience to be in New Mexico. Now, New Orleans, I was set for that, but freaking Southern Miss has got to go screw that up by beating Louisiana Tech and becoming bowl eligible. So sadly, I got my one ODU football game this year, which was exciting. They beat, beat the tar out of Southern Miss. I actually got to chat a little wrestling with Wood Seelig in the box uh, later on during it. Also shout out to John Delita and Adam Wright. Got to spend a lot of time with them. And yeah, I was I was hoping to do that, but guess what? Bahamas two days before Christmas can't do it. Anything after Christmas would have been toast because of the midlands. Anyway, now we're going to talk to Kevin Beasley. Cue the roar. Episode thirty six continues on as Kevin Beasley now joining us. The red shirt, red shirt, red shirt junior. I don't know. It seems like you, you're going to be <laughs> in college as long as I have, uh, as long as I was at this rate, man. Uh, you know, welcome back to the program. Uh, thanks.
1: Feels good to be back. Yeah, I've redshirted a couple times
0: now. <laughs> I'm pretty old. Well, before we get into your season, uh, you know, which you're eight and one right now, and uh, the loan loss, of course, coming to uh, Olympic bronze medalist and two time NCAA champ Jaden Cox, we'll 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 kind of you know we we won't talk a whole lot about that. But uh, as we talk about that experience, you you were second at the U.S. World Team Trials in 2015, which qualified you for an opportunity to take an Olympic redshirt, and, and you opted to take it uh, rare that college wrestlers get two red shirts, but uh, what went behind that decision to say, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm second to Taylor Williams. I'm going to train for this Olympic thing.
1: Uh, so the mindset behind that was, uh, uh, everyone I sat down with, you know, the people that really helped me make this decision. And it was, uh, the best decision for me and the goals I wanted to accomplish. I, I don't want to just be, you know, an all-American NCAA champion. I have aspirations beyond that. And, uh, we all believe that uh, 2016 was the year for, or was a, or was a year for me to have a great opportunity to make the Olympic team, and and uh, and I had only trained for three weeks before the U.S. Open in Greco, and I, I had so much success, and so we figured if I could go out to the training center and put a whole a whole year of training behind behind me, I, I and the gains I could have made, but obviously that was cut a little bit short in November at the NYC, but. The decision was still great, and I think I, I grew a lot because of it. No matter, you know, the outcome. Yeah,
0: let's you know a little bit about the injury. I remember watching the match, and it looked like you got you got lifted and returned. And did you po- you post on the uh, post on the arm wrong, and you dislocated your elbow? What was the injury?
1: Uh, I tore my UCL, so I had Tommy John surgery. Um, yeah, I was, I was the guy was straight lifting me, and I kind of posted my hand trying to float over top of him, and my hand got stuck at the bat, and I blew out my. Uh, tore my ucl from the bone in my elbow
0: yeah so that that set you back now what was the situation like i mean in a situation with an olympic red shirt you're 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 not typically in school you're not enrolled you're you're somewhere else where were you basing your training out of at the time and, and how did that injury basically affect the course of that whole year
1: so i was living in colorado springs at the olympic training center um and so i had my surgery done there by the guy who does uh, the surgery for all the athletes there, which uh, was pretty incredible, and they took really good care of me. I did all my rehab at the Olympic Training Center, which uh, was probably the best situation for me. They had they had the the best rehab, and and we still had uh, I still had an opportunity in the doctor's mind, in my in my physical therapist mind that uh, I could make it back for Olympic Trials, um, but it, it ended up working out and. Uh, the timeline came down to the wire, and I wasn't healing as, as quickly as we'd hoped. But, uh, yeah, so everyone out there was real great to me with the injury. And Coach Lindland and uh, Mobier and all them took real good care of me. Even though I was injured, they still also still their guy. So that was nice.
0: What were some other things that that being at the training center does for an athlete? Even though you're going through rehab, you're not actually able to be on the mat that much. But uh, they've got a new facility. They've renovated the wrestling room. It's it's just huge. When I was living out there, it was it was three mats and it was like a hallway and it was tight. Now it's just open, expansive. I think there's eight or eight to ten mats in there. I mean, it, it's got to be like kind of a, a dream come true from a training situation uh, from from what you've been able to experience out there, even with with the injury.
1: It was. Uh, amazing it's it, it's unlike any other wrestling facility you can ever imagine and and i think that's why you, you have a lot of the best athletes going out there all the time to train and and the, the weight room that they've made uh so they expanded the wrestling room they made a new weight room and uh training room and uh the rehab facilities with the hot and cold t- cold cotton cold tubs steam room sauna the, the weight room is world class i mean I don't know if I've ever seen a weight room as as high tech as the one at the OTC. That they, they even have a hill, like it's a, a hill inside the the training center to do hills for if you want to, even when it's cold outside. So uh, the, the training there was world class, and it was incredible to be surrounded by the people that I was surrounded by there. Uh, so even when I was injured, I, I was growing. My mind was growing. I I, I got a better outlook on the sport and different perspective. It was really cool. There's a whole experience. I, I wouldn't, even though I was injured, I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: So were you in the dorms there? Were you at staying at the
1: Athlete Center? Yes. Yeah, I was in building 83, room 215. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was my, that's my old weight class, but definitely I uh, wasn't good enough to, uh, to, to be in that room. So okay, here's one thing when people go to the training center. Again, this is something I miss about living in Colorado Springs and, and getting to go there and have that access the food, man. The dining hall at the OTC is unlike any other. Explain that to those who are unfamiliar.
1: It is unlike anything it, because you have world athlete, you have world class athletes living there, and and in the dorms you don't have a kitchen, you don't have really a big enough fridge to store to store the proper food you need, and and so that that cafeteria they take care of you. you it's open all the time. You don't have a, a number of swipes. If you're a resident, have meals. You have unlimited swipes to go in there and eat, and uh, they, they provide you with the best meals possible to, to train. And you know, they they mix it up. It's not the same stuff every single day. And when Michael Phelps was there, the food was a little bit better than when, when Michael Phelps wasn't there. But uh, and that's amazing. And, that, and that's probably the reason I came back 235 rather than my usual, you know, 216, 217. And the food there was unreal, and I wasn't able to train, so I put on a little bit of weight.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've been in there when Phelps has walked in, and that's that's always been an interesting thing, because he's got his handler that follows him, and no pictures. It's just like, basically, you know, like, man, come on.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. It, it, and Mike, M- Michael was cool when we were there, but it, it's crazy. It was really crazy. You could tell when he was coming in town, because the food started to get a lot better than when he's not there. And, and don't get me wrong, it's always good, but it, it, it stepped up a level when he was there.
0: How about Flower? Is she not the best dining hall person, the best cook ever?
1: We call her mom when we're there. All the, all the resident athletes call her mom. We wake up in the morning, and she's making us eggs. And, and she's she's fantastic. And yeah, the Pad Thai Tuesdays. Pad Thai I Tuesdays, anybody, I was waiting for it. I, yeah, I don't think anybody who's lived at the OTC is gonna, can forget about Pad Thai Tuesdays.
0: here it is a wrestling show and we've been talking a lot about food
1: uh okay now let's get
0: back on the path here with the rehab so uh from an educational standpoint what is that balance like i mean what are the rules what things could you and could you not do regarding um you know the college side of things while you're on that olympic red shirt
1: um so uh I, i we were worried about taking since i moved to colorado springs we were worried about me taking classes and uh, the NCAA being, or thinking that it was, uh, possible for me to be a full-time student and still train for the Olympics. So I didn't take any classes. Uh, and some of the other rules, I I couldn't get paid for my winnings, but I could accept my, I could accept a stipend, uh, for being number two on the ladder. That was my living stipend, but I couldn't get paid for, uh, placing second at the U.S. Open or if I would have placed at the NYC either uh, or any other tournaments like that, I wouldn't have been able to accept the prize money, but I was able to accept the living fund that the top three athletes uh, get to live and train. Other than that, uh, the rules, I kind of tried to stay away from that. The coaches just made sure I didn't break anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, so at what point do you say, all right, uh, you know, the cycle's over, you know, Joe Row wins the spot, we don't get the, the the weight qualified. Was that kind of bittersweet to watch to know that you know, you got a couple good athletes there at your weight class. You know, Joe Rao moved up. Kayla Williams is, you know, quite explosive and dynamic. And then to see that we don't get the weight class qualified down in Rio. What's that like from a wrestler at that weight class' standpoint?
1: Uh, It hurts. Uh, Especially because once I was done, I was was out, and then I'm I was, I'm not bitter, you know, and I'm I'm not petty. And so I was a Joe Rao fan, and I wanted us to do as well as we could uh, at the Olympics because Greco has not been doing uh, as well as we probably should be, uh, and so it, you want to qualify every weight. You want everyone to come back with medals it, because it's good for uh, Greco in our country because we need that right now. Because it's not, it, it's not, it, it isn't held to the standard that freestyle is held to, and it isn't looked at uh, in the same light as freestyle is in our country. And I think that. Uh, We need the most positive, the the most positive things we can for the sport of Greco-Roman wrestling. So I I was, I was Joe Russ fan and and I was hoping that he could do it and, you know, and and I could just think, well, uh, there's only one way to uh, change that and that's to be in control in 2020. So that's, that's the game plan. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Tokyo 2020. So by that time, if you if you get another red shirt, you still might be in the monarch lineup at that point.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah,
0: injury heals up. You come back. Uh, you go back to Michigan right away, or do you do you come back to Norfolk as soon as the uh you know your your time at the OTC is over?
1: Uh, I left Michigan, or I left uh, Colorado and went to Michigan for about a month. I was there until mid-April when my my the guy who was subleasing from me rough words he subleased for me and his sublease was up and he started a new lease and then that's when i moved back down here so mid-april i think was when i moved back down here i was home for about about like march 12th until march 15th when i moved back down here
0: so when does your mind shift from greco-roman back to the the collegiate match the folk style wrestling and saying all right well that that sucked as far as my injury goes. I got to get ready to. I got two more years to, to, to place and win a national title here. When did, when did, how quickly does your brain switch from Greco training to, to Folkstyle training once you were cleared to get back on the mat?
1: Uh, as soon as I could get back on the mat. So I, re, I didn't get cleared to wrestle um, until March 12th ish. And that's when I went home and I started training with uh, my coaches at from my high school, Mitch Hancock and Anthony Biondo we started we started just working little things drilling slow no live just really getting back into it knocking a lot of the rust off because not only had it been five six months since i had wrestled it had been even longer than that since i had been in a folk style stance and attacked legs because when i was training uh before my injury it was strictly greco so it was just really knocking all the rust off getting some timing back which was i think it was nice to have to have that injury and being able to transition back into folk style because I got to go slow. Uh, if I were not to have been injured and, and say I had made the Olympic team and wrestled in Rio, then my, I would have been thrown right back into folk style wrestling live uh, a little bit quicker than I was. I got a, had a little more smooth transition while I was home, so that was nice.
0: So as you get back on the mats, here we go. You start out at 197, you're, you win a tournament, and then all of a sudden – First home match of the year. It's the uh, it's the alumni match, and then you've got the two time national champion, the guy who's in conference, and oh, by the way, he happened to win an Olympic bronze medal in the other style. I mean, starting your season basically with Jaden Cox. I mean, what, what does that do for you in, in knowing where you're at and what you need to get to?
1: Yeah, there's no better test in my weight class, right? And the the guy who's been pretty dominant in it for the last couple of years, and and I think it, it my mindset towards the. Uh, towards the season is a little different than it used to be. And so wrestling Jaden Cox in the beginning of the year is great because it's a test and and November means nothing. So whether I had gone out there and, you know, pinned him or gotten teched or, you know, how it actually happened, that doesn't matter. It It was a great opportunity for me to get my hands on him and get a feel and really know where I'm at with the best guy for my weight class in the country
0: where do you need to improve as a wrestler still to this point after, you know, as you're starting your eight and one, there's that one loss and you've won close matches. Whereas, you know, maybe a year or two ago, you were in close matches and, and you wouldn't win as many of those close matches. Where do you still need to improve?
1: Uh, well, especially with Cox, I need to be able to get away. And you see that with everyone this year. I don't know if any of the, he's wrestled three top 10 guys. And I don't think any one of us have gotten away from him, when we hope when we've uh, picked down and, and, uh, and he's the only he's the only person who's, who's ridden me for probably more than 15 seconds this year. But that's huge. Being able to get away from him and, and having more opportunities on my feet. Uh, Cause I was in I was in late in the third period on a shot and I just did it. I, I did it score and there was a, a, a mystery point that came from an untied shoe in my match. that I think changed my mindset when I was on top. Uh, given when I was given my opportunity to ride him, but. I think I, I need to be able to get away and I need to get more attached on top or on, on my feet. And I'd really like to get a chance uh, on top with a better mindset that if I ride him out, uh, uh, then if I ride him out, I'm going to be rewarded rather than how the situation was in our duel meet with the fluke uh, untied shoe point. So.
0: Yeah, that's, that, and the thing is, that is in the rule book. If the shoe comes off by rule, no matter what the situation, that's a stall. So I remember, right. I remember the situation, I was like, oh, dude, that sucks. Cause it's, it's in the rule book. And I mean, obviously you understand why it's in the rule book, but again, those things you're just like, man, what the, re- really, really?
1: Right. That's I yeah, mean, that's, what I, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. My shoes, my shoes are lace covered, taped. And, like I had them under my lace cover and I had them taped. And, uh, it was just, uh, one of those fluke things. And, and I think that, that came down to, uh, you know, a different rule that's in there too—the back, like the the back out rule, where the officials are pressured to make uh, stalling calls on the edge. Where uh, I think that you know, sometimes we sh- we should just let wrestlers wrestle because in a in a top ten matchup with the, in a zero zero match, you force he forced the stall call, and then that later on came to uh, bite him in the butt when my shoe came untied. But you know, that's part of wrestling, and and uh, you know, I know better now. <laughs>
0: Now, let's talk about the, you know, the Southeast Open title. It talked about in your previous appearance on the show, which is, a, you know, we're talking two years ago now. You were in those situations where of, I think, your, your 15 losses or something in your career at that point, like 13 were like by one or two points. Now you're swinging <laughs> that around. You're winning those close matches. What has changed for you mentally to be in those situations where, OK, uh, you know, I, I'm sick of losing the 3-2 match. I need to win the 3-2 match.
1: Uh it's it's funny. I I was surrounded by when I was at D O T C by some of the greatest uh, minds in the sport of wrestling. You know, and I, I, I ate dinner, you know, almost every night with with Dust, Dustin Kilgore, who's a three time All American national champ, national finalist. JD Bergman uh was living out there when I was there. Chase Tammy was part of the uh residence program and, and so th- I just I just got to pick those guys' minds and look at their mindset and I love the sport of wrestling, and uh, I always used to like uh, dive into wrestling and, and read about it all the time and talk about it all the time. And when those guys weren't on the mat, they weren't really talking about it, and they weren't really, uh, you, you know, it, it didn't consume their mind. Kilgore has a wife or fiance. Chase has a, 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 a girlfriend. Uh, JD has a, a, a fiance, and he, he's involved in his company. and And so these these guys are. are who are at the top level they they don't think about wrestling as much. And so uh, my mindset changed and I was able to, I'm able to live a little more carefree when it comes to wrestling. And, and I don't care as much about winning and losing when I'm out there as much as I do about just enjoying the process of having fun. And when I'm having fun, I'm shooting, I'm scoring points, I'm attacking more, uh, I'm controlling ties, I'm hand fighting. And that's, what's fun for me. And, and, and I'm only controlling the things I can, can control. I can't control winning and losing. And once I've realized that, that, that it's become so much more fun and it's actually made me have more success. But that's not what is most important to me. The most important thing to me right now is just having fun and enjoying it. The only time winning and losing really matters. And even then, you can't control it, and that's in March. All
0: right, coming off that victory, uh, the 22-9 to 9 dual meet win over Northern Illinois, there's that guy again. There's that guy <laughs> from the time you were a kid. Sean Scott, you you come away with the college win. I mean, so what's this make your all, I think your dad, Dave, said it was, you were like one in 50 against him or something. All like going back to when you were kids. I mean, is, is that, how close to that is that? Is that accurate?
1: Uh, it's pretty close. I think, I think he missed one. I won, uh, I beat him once when we were young. I had the first, our first ever meeting when we were maybe nine years old, I beat him. Uh, and then after that, I think it was three weekends in a row he pinned me in a chicken wing. Uh, my dad wasn't too happy about that. Losing didn't matter, but getting pinned was never acceptable. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty close. I think it's three in a lot, <laughs> three in a lot. But if you count the, you count the win at Mac where he injury defaulted, you know, there's four. But we don't really count that. So yeah, three and he has a lot of a lot win a lot of wins over me. So that was a nice one to get in college.
0: Yeah, because I remember when you were uh, you were a red you were a redshirting freshman, you're wrestling him in at the Midlands, or it was or, or it was your freshman. I remember one year, and that's when your dad says, "Yeah, he's wrestling him like you know thirty, forty times." I was like, "How how the match go?" He goes, "Pretty much all of them like that." I mean, so they've all been those <laughs> those those just you know stomach wrenching ride out close. Type of matches, and you know was there something different for the last win? I know they had to review the takedown to give it to you, but is 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 that play into what you were saying about your your mindset changing after coming back from the o t c be like all right, well, that's one hurdle. I finally beat this guy in college
1: yeah well and that match was it kind of shows the difference uh in and how I'm wrestling, and usually I only get one two, three attacks off against him. We know each other so well, I mean, like you said, we've wrestled each other over fifty times in our career, probably. We know each other so well, and I usually only get one or two attacks off of the match. It. And where I'm best against him, especially, is on my feet. And in that match, if you go and watch it, I think uh, my dad counted. It. And until I got my takedown, the attacks were I had 12, he had one. And and, and that and I mean that ended up being the difference. Is I you attack 12, 13 times, you're here you're bound to get one. And uh, especially with each other with wrestlers who know each other so well, I, I got to attack 12. 12 times on a guy like Sean, someone who's so good, whose defense is so good, uh, I'm not going to score if I only shoot two or three times. Or I'm not going to have as much success as I did in that match uh, if I don't attack. So, yeah, it comes back down to the mindset.
0: When it comes to this team, there's a lot of youth in the lineup, and then there's that, that balance of, of seniors and leadership. I mean, you and Jack kind of came in the same year, even though you're you know with the extra red shirt a year behind him. And what, what are you and Jack doing to try to kind of push each other to get on that podium? He's been on there once before. But, you know, he's taken some, some weird losses here in, in the early part of the season. But, uh, you know, what, what's it like for you guys kind of anchoring the upper weights and y'all's relationship with each other and the rest of the program?
1: Yeah, he's one of my best friends. And we've lived each, with each other for ever since we've gotten to college, except for last year where I was gone. But he's my workout partner, one of, one of my best friends. And we go to battle with each other every day. And our goal is to make each other uh, – the best we can and and we joke around and sometimes when we post pictures on instagram we call each other uh the dynamic duo you know we're one two punch up top that you know you can count on us to win almost every match when we step out there and, and it's because we, we go so hard and it, when we're there and we know each other so well and uh, uh we have a great we have a great relationship when it comes to being on the mat and off the mat and uh, yeah i mean it's great to have him because i don't know what i'd do we have such a, we have such a good relationship with uh with each other on the mat, off the bat. It's uh, it's really it's really it's really a blessing to have Jack <laughs> go through this with Jack.
0: You mentioned this in the open before you came on that uh in that dual meet against Northern Iowa, Antonio Angie, a true freshman from Northern Virginia, picks up, you know, kind of kind of a breakthrough win for him. Uh you know, McMurdy's been around for a while, he's had some solid wins, but what have you seen from the freshman? and the and the younger guys this year that you know they're taking their bumps right now there's been some hard dual meet losses but you know for a guy like AG what do you say to him to keep his confidence up because you know it's it's not easy for a true freshman at that weight class in any level of college wrestling
1: No it, it, and our freshmen and the the younger guys in our lineup uh they're in the lineup for a reason they're good we're a good team there there's a reason that we were we were ranked top I think top 25 in uh, early in the years we're a good team it's just that uh you know, the one-hour weigh-ins and, and dual meets and the pressure situations are are, are different. And, and you got to get used to them. And tile dressing is it, it, tough as it is. And I actually I just try to let them know I started out my dual meet career maybe like 0-6 before, before I started figuring it out. So And that was as a redshirt freshman I'm as a true freshman. So I didn't really figure it out until maybe Virginia duels as a redshirt freshman. So these guys, have. I mean, I'm not worried, you know, because – there's all these rankings and dual meet records and whatever, but you're really judged by, by how you finish at the MAC tournament and you're just at the NCAA tournament is, is really how, uh, you know, we're going to be judged. So working out these kinks in the beginning of the years is not important. And, and coach Martin might not be too excited about hearing me say that because, you know, our dual record isn't really where, what it should be, but these guys are going to figure it out by the end of the year.
0: So in some ways, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a tournament team.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, 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 a little bit, and, and that's because we're a better tournament team, obviously, because that's you know that that's where our uh, where our, our our age really helps. You know, you guys you're like guys like and me and Jack and Mikey Hayes, just veterans who who really put up points at tournaments. But I think that what I'm just what I'm saying is by the end of the year, uh, these these younger guys are gonna be able to turn around too and uh, win some matches that they're they're not winning in doing meets right now is really
0: what I'm thinking. As we finish up this particular episode of the OD Monarch Matt cast football teams, going to a bowl game, man. I know we're, we're not really <laughs> focusing too much on football, but it's, it's to the Bahamas. I mean, are you trying to sneak away before Christmas to get to that? I mean, to the Bahamas bowl. I mean, it's got, it's Popeye's <laughs> chicken and the Bahamas. These are two of my favorite <laughs> things.
1: Yeah. And, uh, uh, my dad graduated from Eastern Michigan, and so I texted my stepmom and I, I asked her. I said, "Hey, this is my dad and I's rivalry kind of. I mean, can you send us to the, to the game? Uh, because you know, you know that's EMU versus ODU, That's huge. But that's great for our our school and really really happy for the football program. That's so cool to, for it's our second year uh, being eligible in conference USA or third year being eligible to go to a bowl. But we're nine and three. I mean, that's so spectacular." hats off to them because that's that's really, really cool.
0: Okay, so uh, the Eastern Michigan thing. I was trying to avoid this as much as possible, but, dude, their football field looks like a freaking ashtray. Okay, I don't (laughs) care what they say they call it. It looks like a freaking ashtray. Sorry, Lightning Luke. I'm not dogging your wrestling program, but I'm dogging that. Oh, my. It hurts your eyes to watch.
1: It just hurts so bad. It's hard to watch on TV. It's really hard to watch on TV. I'm not a fan of the great field either. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, it's one thing if it's like you know Forty Second Street back in the heyday where the grass was gray and it was that was just naturally occurring. But uh, anyway, anyway, we're wrapping things up. Uh, Kevin Beasley goals this season. I think it's kind of obvious what they are in terms of national championships and, and all American finishes. But what's it going to take for you this season? And what is the wrestling room at Old Dominion going to do for you to help you reach your goals this year?
1: Yeah, I I think we just got to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, I I I have to keep my mindset right, I have my mind clear, uh, and and we're doing a lot of the right things. I we, I meet with uh, Doctor Jared Spencer about once a month uh, with with Mind of the Athlete, and he keeps my mind clear. Helps me just figure out a little bit of things that that I really can't figure out on my own. And our coach, you know, and maybe I can talk to him about some stuff that I don't feel comfortable talking to other people about. And he really helps me keep my mind clear. I got to keep my body healthy. You know, I'm getting a little older, and it's a little not 18 anymore so it's a little different uh being able to stay healthy and fresh but coach martin and i have a great plan we're working with my our our training staff to to keep me feeling the best i can and i get off days when i need off days and and uh, i just gotta keep we gotta keep with my coaches and tuning up the the little things that that are keeping me from you know blowing out these matches from winning instead of winning three to two and six nothing winning 13 to nothing 15 to nothing and and you know, blowing up these closer matches, making them eight to four or eight to three, and just scoring more points. So, just we're just working on little things, and so I can be primed and ready to, to win a national title one.
0: is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to TalkOnline.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now, Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>